Okay, we are in the thick of the second trimester. I have settled into this whole pregnancy thing, and overall, I am feeling emotionally lighter, physically heavier, and generally more adjusted to the ever-changing nature of my body. Well, kind of. It took me a while to feel remotely like myself. Like, way longer than I thought. Everything I read told me that I'd feel better by 12 to 14 weeks. It was more like 20 to 21. My appetite was not there. I was constipated all the time. And I started to realize that some lifestyle things were super necessary for me, like more fiber, to make me feel like I had some control of what was happening to my body. Truly, you don't understand how much my digestive health impacts me as a whole person. I learned very quickly in this pregnancy process that not pooping regularly makes me a very unhappy clam. I've also started projectiling in weird places. So like my sneezes are like uncontrollable. I pee when I sneeze sometimes and when I laugh, it's so embarrassing. My body has changed in a way I have never seen before. My clothes don't really fit me and today's crop top fashions, which I was very leaned into, are not doing it for me now. I am the heaviest I have ever been. My stomach is starting to get harder and I'm starting to feel little movements, which is pretty cool. Something I... I've been waiting to feel for a while. I'm also napping every day, something I haven't really done before. And if you haven't noticed, I have to take a lot more breaths. Something I've personally noticed in editing this podcast. Look, even if I feel like I'm settling into pregnancy, I am constantly Googling every changing thing, trying to find TikToks of women going through it. And while that's all good, what isn't is feeling confused about it. Is there any way to feel fine during pregnancy? Hey, I'm Rachel, and this is the It's Fine Podcast. For my own pregnancy, I am doing this series called Is This Normal for each stage of the pregnancy journey to help women feel less alone on their journey of having a baby. Honestly, as I've been going through this, I just wanted to like have someone that I could connect with as I went through these stages and just feel like I was more normal, that what I was experiencing is what other people experienced. Today, I'm chatting with Dr. Ali Rodriguez, OBGYN and lifestyle blogger, educating women about their health and their bodies. We'll talk about our second trimester symptoms because Allie is just a couple weeks ahead of me in pregnancy. Our pregnancy movement and weight gain and how we've been eating. Some of the things that are cool, like feeling our babies move. How to manage boundaries and relationships as you prepare for your baby to come. Are you ready? Let's get into it. I can so resonate with that and it's the weirdest thing for me too. Like I love ice cream and I love dessert. I haven't really touched dessert like my entire pregnancy, which is so odd for me. I'd love to talk a little bit about pregnancy weight gain because I've had lots of really interesting conversations about this. But it's funny, like I personally, one, I have read like different books and things like that. And I think there's some of the American, like US, like standards around like how much more you should be eating. But generally speaking, I'm not that much hungrier. And so I think my expectation coming in was like, oh, I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to be able to binge. I'm going to be able to eat all this food. Who cares? I'm going to gain weight. I want to gain weight anyway. It's for the baby. And I think even on TikTok and stuff, you'll see like people with all these like crazy cravings, which like 
I just haven't personally experienced that. Maybe it's coming for me. But I do want to talk a little bit about what is appropriate in terms of like weight gain and like how you should approach food and things like that if you are able to eat. So like what you were saying before, as far as recommendations on like caloric intake, right? If we're actually looking at calories and how much a pregnant person should be increasing in calories during the pregnancy, at least our guidelines, right? And like the American College of OBGYNs, it's not that much. In the first and second trimester, you're supposed to increase by about two to 300 calories a day mm-hmm. in your diet. And then in the third trimester, like three to 400, which in the grand scheme of things, like if you're actually looking at how many calories are in like snacks or your food, you could easily hit that 200 mark with a Snickers bar. You know what I mean? So it's really not that much. And you really should be supplementing with something that's going to be more nutritious to you than turning to like ice cream and Snickers. Not to say that you can't have that stuff. It's a balance. Now, as far as total weight gain for pregnancy, this is definitely something that's it's being heavily studied right now. But the information that we have right now is going to depend on your pre-pregnancy weight and your pre-pregnancy health, right? Because all of that factors into it. Like if you're someone that has diabetes, which we're seeing much more of in pregnant persons, that's going to definitely change as far as recommendations on foods and how much to gain. Or if you have high blood pressure or if you have XYZ. But say you're just like no past medical history, healthy individual, it really is going to depend as far as your weight prior to becoming pregnant so if you're in right the body mass index or the bmi which i think is a little outdated but it is the best that we have right now i'm curious with all the new research this will probably change but if you're within a normal bmi then you don't want to exceed more than about 40 pounds in total in your pregnancy if you're underweight meaning you're very thin prior to pregnancy Maybe you're looking at 50 pounds that you gain. Mm -hmm. If you're overweight, then you probably want to stay within 15, 10 pounds of total weight gain throughout the pregnancy. We do know that we don't recommend that no one should like actively be trying to lose weight throughout pregnancy. But then you have a certain population of patients where we're saying where they're 400, 500 pounds before pregnancy and they get pregnant. That could be very dangerous for the mother and the baby starting off at such a high weight. So then you want to get like a team of doctors and figure out a good diet plan, a good exercise plan, because that, again, can put both lives at risk. So it really is just a conversation to have with your doctor because it is going to be very individual. I also am thinking about what life will be like after I have my kid. Ideally, I would love to go back to being like the size that I was or some version of that size. Like I, I'm being open to what that can look like. But ideally, I'd love to be able to get back to a weight that I feel comfortable in. And I think initially you imagine like you'll, you know, like that you'll gain weight and like it's all going to look beautiful and fine. But like I'm still having like body image issues and realizing like my body is changing. And I think some people are super thin and then they have this cute little bump. I wasn't necessarily super thin. And so I'm seeing my body change and grow and I'm really thinking about like, how can I take care of myself and make sure that the weight gain that I have is obviously helping my baby grow, but also being conscious about what the future state of my health will look like. I'll be totally transparent with you guys. I guess like almost halfway through my second trimester, I've gained about like 10 to 12 pounds, which is like the heaviest that I've ever been, which is like really a new experience that I've had. And so 
I've been really leaning into Ali's recommendation from like the U.S. I think the OBGYN association is that ideally between 35 to 40 pounds. I'm just trying to keep that in mind. And then also like being mindful because I think in definitely in U.S. dieting culture, like it's so easy to use this as an opportunity to like binge, to be like, all the ice cream, all the chips, all the cookies. And I, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I Like, I definitely am enjoying more chips than I have in my, you know, pre, pre-pregnancy. I was not eating. Like, I did not keep chips in the house. Now I, like, really like salty things. So I was like, I'm going to have some chips. And But being thoughtful, right? I, I try to keep tabs of what I know will escalate for me. So, for example, like, I get, like, prepackaged chips versus the, like, big bag. Because I can totally down half a bag of, of like, dill pickle potato <laughs> but I think it's something to consider because I think that mindfulness is really important because it doesn't just impact you it impacts like the future you it impacts your child it impacts potential preeclampsia and gestational diabetes in terms of exercise and just like movement and stuff like that is there anything that you say avoid or what you would recommend to your patients so this one again I asked them how active were you before becoming pregnant because I don't anticipate if you never worked out a day before you became pregnant, I don't expect you to now start going to the gym four times a week. I do encourage all, everyone should work out during their pregnancy. Like for me, like you said, mentally, it's what clears my mind. Like it just helps so much for my mental health. So I try and encourage because, right, having more anxiety, depression, mental health issues is more common in pregnancy. So I encourage everyone just for that alone, it's going to help you feel better mentally. But also it has so many like health benefits throughout the pregnancy. It helps with the fetal growth. Like it helps prevent preeclampsia. It helps prevent diabetes. So it's just overall something good. Now, walking is probably going to be the most beneficial for pregnant women, whether that's on a treadmill, you can get outside, incline walk. Like walking is just has so many benefits. Swimming is also really good. You can do weightlifting, especially like me. I was doing weightlifting before. So like I've decreased the amount of weight I'm lifting now, but I'll do 10, 15 pounds depending on what it is. I just encourage, even if you're pregnant right now and you haven't worked out, just walking. Like we all have the ability to like either find a gym or find like a little walking treadmill at home or something. Like it's going to be beneficial. One of the things I started doing too, I found this, I can't remember her name, but I found a YouTube channel that's like for pregnant like cardio and it's just dance it's like a zumba type of thing sure they enjoy dancing and i've been and they're like 15 20 minutes i think she even has 10 minute ones and sometimes when i'm feeling like off or low energy or i'm stressed about something i'll just put on my tv and i will just do like a 15 minute little dancing nice and at first i'm like oh it's just 15 minutes it'll be fine but i'm like breathless after i'm like if this is a good workout right anything where you can get your body moving is gonna be great yeah, no, I think that's such great advice. I have also stayed really active, was strength training before. My trainer, or like the person who teaches my class, she often is saying, you're already doing pretty intense work. Like you're growing a baby. So do what makes you feel good. So like I'm li- lifting a little bit less. I probably don't do as much like hit cardio, right? So like great example today, like she was like, let's do jump squats. I was like, maybe not. Like I'm not ready to do jump squats right now. So like I'm definitely just trying to listen to my body. And then honestly, like for me, like stretching and like yoga and stuff like that really helps me. I recently got into pelvic floor stuff, which we can talk about in a second, but totally new to me. But I'm not saying that is anything I'm particularly good at right now. 
but it's something that I've gotten interested in. So just to talk a little bit about some symptoms you might experience that are different than your first trimester, than your second trimester. What are some of the things that you've seen like within the population you serve as well as just like maybe some things that you've been experiencing in the second trimester? I think for me, like I started feeling movement in the second, I probably started feeling movement around 17, 18 weeks. Wow. is really exciting. Like I was like, at first I was like, is this gas or is this the baby actually moving? But now that I'm 26 weeks now, I like understand the movement. But sometimes Mm -hmm. some of the movements can be a little uncomfortable or just cause a little bit of cramping, especially like for me, it's on the right side. And which is common for a lot of women. This is that famous round ligament pain. Everyone on their uterus has a round ligament. It helps the uterus stay in place in our pelvis. But in pregnancy, ligaments don't grow. They just stretch. So as that ligament is starting to stretch, as the uterus is growing, that's going to cause a lot of, it'll be like cramping, like almost like a, like when you're working out and you're like, almost, it feels like you pull a muscle or something. Like a strain, right? So I definitely had that and I've used like a belly or like one of those like pregnancy band things that I've I've noticed have helped, but also stretching earlier, like making sure every morning when I wake up and doing like 10, 15 minutes of just stretching my side or my back or like my core or something. And that's really been helping. But that's definitely a very common symptom. And like I said, sometimes it comes with the movement. The baby does something crazy and you're like, oh, okay, let's reposition. The other biggest thing along with that is back pain, which I've been doing trial and error with different pillows and seeing what works because now that I found, I've heard three different pregnancy pillows and I finally found one that actually is like more supportive on my back because it's a little bit more like firm. It's not like a squishy pillow. So that's a really common complaint. Another big one is going to be insomnia or like having poor sleep. Prior to becoming pregnant, I talk about this with my patients all the time. This is really common. Setting up a good sleep routine, doing this, like avoiding, but living through it, like it sucks. It's really hard because sleep, like is just such a big thing, right? If you're not getting a good amount of sleep, it can ruin your day or like you wake up feeling grouchy or whatever it may be. For me, it's just making a really good sleep routine is what's helped me by 9 p.m. or whatever. And it changes because my schedule is different day to day. But I pick a time. I'm like, okay, after 9 p.m., no more screens, no more TV. I'm reading a book. I shower. I do my little belly oil and like get in that. It's a scented like a spa. So it's like relaxing type of thing. But I think that has helped me. And I'm not saying I'm getting perfect sleep. I still wake up to pee like three times, which same. interrupts a sleep. Same, same. But it has improved because before sometimes I would sleep for like three hours and then I just wake up and I'm like, I can't fall back asleep. This is terrible. But totally. I think a good routine that works for you is super important. I fortunately have been sleeping okay, but I also have created a mountain of pillows around me. Yeah. So a weird, like I have a pregnancy pillow that my sister-in-law gave me. And then I put pillows on top of it because one really weird thing that started happening to me is I'm having difficulty breathing, like in the sense that I am not able to breathe comfortably when I'm like laying in certain positions. Like I have to be more elevated, which was very new for me. I've never really experienced that before, like ever. So I have to really be conscious about like how elevated I am when I sleep. And I feel like that's only going to get worse as I get bigger. Think of everything squishing and like your lung volume kind of decreases a little bit. So a lot of, yeah, towards the end or even 
like late second, early third trimester, you kind of sleep at an angle. For me, that started like randomly early for me, which is not my favorite thing. I'm always constipated all the time. I will tell you I'm having the best day if I've pooped like Ugh. normally. And it'll, that's like my biggest goal of all nowadays is can I poop? Will I poop regularly? Will it not be like a big challenge? Those are like the two probably that are like standing out the most. I have an post, sorry, an anterior placenta. So uh-huh. I haven't actually felt a ton of movement really. So yeah, for those who don't know, an anterior placenta, basically, I'm sure Dr. Ali can explain this better than I can, is that it's basically acts like a pillow in between like your stomach and like your baby, right? Like your placenta, sorry, your placenta acts as a pillow, basically. It's normal. A lot of people freak out their anterior placenta. Oh my God, that's wrong. That's bad. No, it's normal because it's in the front. Like we all have skin. We all have fat, muscles, uterus, baby. But then people that have an anterior placenta have that extra cushion, right? That now they've had skin, fat, muscle, uterus, placenta, baby. Baby. Yeah. So you don't tend to feel movement as early on because it's like cushioned out. Now, once you get to the third trimester, you should feel regular movement despite that. But it is going to take a little bit longer for you to feel it when that's in the way. For sure. And I have felt it if I felt anything because like, I did feel like little tinges and stuff like on the sides of my belly, which like I think the placenta is like in this more central. And then I felt like little things. And like, honestly, I still don't know if I've ever like actually felt movement. It's just like intuition at this point. But that is something that I am really looking forward to because I, I don't think I personally felt like strong kicking yet with my kid. So that's something yeah. that I think is really interesting. I think the kicking is probably like the biggest milestone for the second trimester obviously your body changing like I definitely now people are telling me like hey you look pregnant or I've had people ask me like oh are you expecting it wasn't really until like now 20 21 weeks but I would say it was probably like three weeks yeah like 22 23 weeks or something like that where I had like the first stranger or whatever ask me if I was pregnant I was so excited because up to that point like no one had asked me yeah uh, that's probably when I started to show obviously now like I'm showing a lot more but yeah I would say probably like 22-ish weeks or so is when people started like reaching out or yeah. saying something yeah any other milestones that you think are that are important for women to think about during this time like within the second trimester so for me and this might just be like an OBGYN thing but a huge milestone for Anyone who is an OBGYN or works with women's health or pregnancy is viability. So viability happens at 24 weeks. And what we mean by viability is that chance of survival for the baby if you were to deliver early is a lot higher after 24 weeks. Got it. So it's like a big deal in our little community. Like once I hit 24 weeks, I had so many of my OBGYN colleagues like, message me. I got cookies sent to me. They're like, you're viable. It was just almost like a very celebratory situation because at 24 weeks, like if I were to deliver, say my water breaks or something and I deliver now at 26 weeks, the chance of survival is closer to 80 to 90% of that baby. Yeah. Whereas prior, if you were to deliver at 20 weeks, the chance of survival was very low. So it's one of those like bigger, for me, it was like once I got to 24 weeks, I was like, I felt like I could breathe. And I think that's just because like in my mind, like my clinical OBGYN mind, it was like such a huge, I'm like, we did it. Okay, we made it to 24 weeks now. No, that's awesome. I actually think that's such a great um, point because 
knew that like anecdotally that 25 weeks or something like baby's chance of survival outside of the womb, outside the uterus, that viability is higher. But I, I guess I think that's such a nice point and maybe even point of celebration that folks should consider, right? And I'm going to get there like right before we're going on like a baby moon in to Paris and Amsterdam at the 24-week mark. So that'll be something that I'll definitely keep in mind as, oh, we made it. And I'm so excited too, because we're going to have, so I did IVF to get pregnant and I have, in addition to my typical OBGYN, I also will be seeing like a, an MFN, which is a maternal fetal medicine. Maternal fetal medicine specialist. Yeah. yeah. Medical, yes. Okay. Thank you. I was like, I don't know what the other M stands for. <laughs> maternal fetal medicine specialist. So I have both of those checkups because funny enough, one of the, one of my favorite milestones actually was like the 20 week scan when you get like <laughs> all the pictures. My kid decided that he was not going to show his face during that time. He it's funny. Every time we've tried to get like a scan of his face, he's like, I'm not interested in this. Yeah, <laughs> It's like hilarious. I'm like, you are very much turning into like your dad. And I say his dad, but also probably a, the stubbornness in me as well. But it was really cool to see as you're getting bigger, like you see the spine and the legs and the arms and like all the body parts. And it's oh, my God, like how incredibly cool that like this like lives inside of me that was also like a really cool milestone for me that I was like oh my god this is so miraculous and like incredible that this is possible and like only women can do this right like of course it right. comes with all the like downsides of it I you mentioned a little bit early earlier in our conversation like this feeling of wanting to feel normal in your body I can totally relate to that like I did not feel normal and it's funny I have a really good friend of mine who is in her early days of her first trimester. And she is so miserable and so angry and so like unhappy and uncomfortable. And I found that was my personal experience too. As I was like chatting with her, I was realizing, oh my God, I used to be so much angrier as a pregnant woman. Like I genuinely, I was like really not happy. And if you asked me back then, if I would be willing to go through this again, I will say that time, if that was like, if I had to agree to it, then I would have been like, hell no, I'm not doing this again. And I think it's, I don't know if I feel more like myself now, but I definitely mm -hmm. feel it better than I did in my first trimester. And I'm starting to like adjust. I'm curious what that's been like for you and just what you see like psychologically and just how women operate in their skin. And I think this is like a huge thing. I, like I said, I have a lot of like friends from residency or who are also OBGYNs who have been pregnant. So like, I'm like asking them all these questions and stuff. And I, from the very beginning, like you mentioned, the first trimester was miserable, especially because my nausea and vomiting was so bad. And I threw up every single day. I was like, yeah, I'm never going to do this again. This is terrible. I don't feel like myself. And it started affecting my mental health, which is just like such a huge thing too. And I would just like cry. And I'm like, I'm not a crying person at all. I'm like, tend to keep it together pretty well. I'm not saying that's like the healthiest of things either. But I was like, all the emotions and like how I was feeling, I was like, this is not me. So yeah, like, I agree. If you would have asked me in that moment, I'm like, no, I'm not doing this ever again. Yeah. Now I am feeling a little bit better. But even still then, I have days where I'm like, I just want to feel like me. Like, right. a weird experience. And I think it's okay 
for women to feel this way. I think society and culturally, we're supposed to like love being pregnant and you're glowing and it's beautiful and you're like making this human, which is great, but like you're allowed to not like it. Like it really isn't like a walk in the park, at least not for in my experience taking care of people. Most women don't love being pregnant. Sure, you're going to see and meet women that are like, oh, so easy. I love being pregnant. And I'm like, that's great for you. That's not who I am at all. And it's okay. It's okay to still be, I'm so excited for this baby and I can't wait to meet this baby and I'll go through that whole journey. But the process, I don't have to like it. And I don't like it. I do not love it. And I really don't like that, like none of my clothes fit. And I struggle with like, how tired I feel. I'm so glad to hear, Ali, that you have like friends who are going through this. I personally am like at a different life stage than a lot of like my closest friends. And that's not an issue to me. Like I love that. Sure. But sometimes it's, it is like unique to be going through something not necessarily by yourself because obviously women before and after me will get pregnant. But it is right. just one of those things where like I feel a little bit less of myself and a little bit more lonely than I expected to feel. Yeah. And then my partner is like going through it with me and he can't really resonate. And so like he's there for me as much as he can be. And I'm like, you are going to most likely this child is going to come out looking just like you. And I'm going to be like, this is a thankless job. And so I, I definitely feel that and I just want to make space for it. I have also met women who like want to have 10 children because they just loved being pregnant and are like really gracious and beautiful in it. And I admire those ladies so much. I don't know if that is totally my experience, but I will say for those of you who feel really bad in the first trimester, I do feel a little bit, maybe a lot a bit better than I did then. So I think emotionally, I feel it. I think one thing, though, that I'm starting to become aware of, which like I share a little I will be sharing a little bit about this at the end of this episode, is that I'm starting to recognize I'm 31 and I'm very young still, but I am a little set in my ways and I have like routines and things that kind of keep me stable. And so I'm starting to grapple with, oh, like this kid is going to come into my life and kind of challenge my my like state of control, my my always state, right? Like my constant state. And I'm starting to think about okay, what systems do I need to have in place, whether that be support or like, what do I need to be thinking about? Right. Because I think these are the things that we know, like we, we talk about like grandly, right. Like postpartum depression, and really right. not feeling like yourself and like the exhaustion of laboring and having a baby, right. Like your early days with a newborn. And so right. I'm starting to think about that. And I am curious, are there things that you are thinking about or recommend for women to start thinking or preparing for in anticipation for their baby i think take a step back and look and see what areas like you said like you realize like you're a little bit more set in your ways like try and take a step back and evaluate your life and identify what areas you would really struggle with right because like you said this baby is going to change every aspect of your like dynamic your routine like your little things quirks or whatever that you may have throughout the day for me, yeah, I've read or I've bought books and started reading like parenting books. I have the what to expect when you're expecting, which sure. I'm like focusing more on like that postpartum side of things because obviously my training, like I see like the pregnancy aspect of it, I have a good grasp on, but it's more so like those changes. There's going to be surprises. So it's also coming to terms with that to being like, I will not have control over everything and I'm not going to have an answer for everything. 
And then the last biggest point that I've heard from like multiple friends, like family, and I've like, I understand is not to compare and to be very picky on who you turn to for advice, recommendations and stuff like that, because everyone's going to have this is the this is my way you have to do it this way type of mentality. But it's just like surrounding yourself with maybe like a handful of people if that and like asking for like their advice and their help as opposed to a lot of people because then you can start comparing you and your baby and and that could be I think really dangerous or really toxic just for like mental health kind of standpoint so that's like things that I'm doing and also I for me this is going to be the first grandbaby in my family for like my parents and my sisters don't have kids so like everyone is just so excited but one thing I've told Corey, my husband, multiple times, I'm like, listen, what in the first couple of weeks, I want to be selfish with this baby. This is, I don't want to get to the point where it's just the baby's being tossed around or I feel like everyone's getting more time with the baby. And I think that's really important for women to hear because mm-hmm. I, I do so many deliveries and even in the delivery room, like literally this baby is 10 minutes old. And like the grandma wants to hold it. The grandpa wants to hold it like this. And I just, I encourage everyone. I'm like, during the delivery, just pick what, just let it be you and your partner. Like maybe one other person because that bonding with your baby initially, like is so important for the health of you and the baby. So I always try and recommend that to patients. Like it's okay for you to say, no, I don't want you to come over. Like this is like a learning period for everyone. So I'm like, that's one thing where I'm like, I've told Corey multiple times. I'm like, we're going to be selfish with this baby. This is our first baby. Like, I want to just have that bonding and our new family of three and like yeah. figuring out that, right? Which I think is really important too. So I have zero boundaries with my mom. My mom and I are best friends. As an adult, like my relationship with my mom is so important to me. And so she is so excited for this baby. Like, this is like the best year of her life. Like, she's so amped. And so she is actually somebody that like I do want to be a part of this experience and like for me as like a woman of color and like a child of immigrants right like I know like how special that is for me to share that moment with her but my partner is like super like more like you or he's like I want to have my our moments with this baby but it's funny like as you bring this up I'm starting to really think about that and like how am I going to balance my relationship with my mom and like how much she's going to want to help with like how do I start having those conversations with her for her to understand like hey this is our baby and we want you to be a part of it but you don't get to take over and I'm starting those conversations now right like we have four months four or five months to start like really getting her ready for that but I'm starting to be like mommy like we gotta talk like we gotta talk about this I've actually been like I really frankly been like hey I need you to take care of my dog (laughs) take care of my other child which is my dog she brushes it off now but I I definitely feel you that it's really important to probably have those conversations with your partner because for some folks it's also like an an in-law or like a their family perspective it's your family it's like your friends it's you guys right and I think having those conversations and figuring out what is it that you need and if you're someone who's like single parenting or like raising a child on your own who is going to be around to support you because that's that's it's all like good stuff to be having conversations about I caught myself and realized like oh I need to start like talking to her about this because she'll make like 
side comments and I'm like oh she thinks she really thinks that she's gonna get the month to hang out with the baby and I'm like similar to you like I have a really good close relationship with my mom too but it's also like making sure she doesn't because I've seen it where then they expect to spend the night like the first couple weeks and I'm like okay maybe not like I want you to help but like also we got to figure out how to do this ourselves you know what I mean again starting those conversations now I'm due in December, right? So close to the holidays. And there's already everyone in the family, like they already have plane tickets. Like they already, and I'm like already starting to like sweat because I'm like, oh, my cousins are coming over. Corey's like parents are coming over, like aunts, uncles. And I'm just like, okay, it's uncomfortable to have some of these conversations because you're not trying to be mean, but you also got to remember that as the one giving birth, like your hormones and everything, like it's going to be very different. For sure. That is not the time for you to be like worried about making people feel bad. I think the thing I would stress for listeners is if you're going through this is, do you really want feeling bad to be like part of that first? Like you're already like going to be sleep deprived. Your body's going to go- have gone through hell in some capacity, whether it's like a C-section or a vaginal delivery. Yeah. And, and you want to be worried about like your mother-in-law. It's not the time. It's not the time. And so to encourage folks, such a great moment when you, you're not feeling so bad. I feel like in our, my third trimester, I'm going to be like, y'all, I can't breathe. I literally can't stand. <laughs> so what a great time to be having these moments and like having these conversations with everyone around you. And TBD, like my mom has zero boundaries and I have zero boundaries. So it'll be really fun to see how this all plays out with us. But we're at least like literally yesterday, we were having conversations about the roles. Mommy, I want you to take care of the dog. And like maybe at night, like you can sleep so that like when I wake up in the morning or like when he wakes up in the morning, you can spend four hours with him and feed him or whatever and hang out so that Charles and I can get a little bit of sleep. So we're like, Having those like delineating discussions, Good. because by, by, for me, my mom lives in Seattle. So for her, she will have to come here and they will be spending time. And I want that. Like, ultimately, I do want that. But we got to figure out what it's going to look like because I haven't lived with my mom for like at least like 10 years at this point. Like actually lived with her for a consecutive amount of time. This will be the longest I have, will have spent with my parents. In a decade. Ali, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. I so appreciate it. I wish you like the most healthy baby and delivery and rest of your pregnancy. Such an honor to share this experience with you. Seriously. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. And I know it's going to help a lot of people, which is like the whole purpose of me sharing stuff online is I'm like, as long as it's helping one person, like that's all that matters. The day I recorded this podcast interview with Dr. Ali, we were dealing with a water shut off context we've had what i would call a literal bird bath in front of our house for like probably the last six months charles has been trying to get the city to come and take a look at it and finally after months of calling and waiting they decided to very unexpectedly show up and attempt to solve the problem on the one hand great love it finally getting our house fixed on the other hand This unexpected water shutoff threw me totally off of my routine and surprisingly rattled me more than I thought it would. I have shared in past episodes, I deal with moderate anxiety and I manage through that anxiety through my routines, exercise, and taking care of my body. But when I lose those things, it's very hard for me to feel centered. And I guess more than anything, I am starting to realize and potentially challenge myself to prepare for the very little care that my kid is going to have for my 
carefully crafted systems to help protect my health and my heart. He is likely going to wreck it all. And I'm going to have to learn to adjust and mold to him. And as soon as we have one stage figured out, we likely will experience new changes and have to start all over again. That lack of control is really frightening to me. And while I have my dreams and plans and what I'd love to see happen in my life and in his, the truth is I am terrified that parenting, especially in those early days, is going to make me feel totally off kilter. So if you're like me and you struggle with change and maybe in the thick of a second trimester and realizing your body is not your own, or maybe you're a parent and you're already in it, or a person dealing with a ton of ongoing change, I feel you. At this moment, I don't have an answer for how I'll manage through it, but I am raising my hand, asking for help, being vulnerable, being extremely honest, that while what comes with this transition can be so good, it also can set a light, a fire to everything you've crafted to feel like yourself. And that can be hard. The first step is to acknowledge it and have compassion for yourself. The next step, which I am totally in, is to seek and ask for help. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being with me today. It means the absolute world that you would spend time listening to this podcast. Share this podcast with anyone who you think could benefit from the message of not settling for fine anymore. Share it with your sister, your cousin, your friends, your mom, your dog, your partner. I don't care. I would love to get the word out about why we don't have to settle for fine anymore. I can't wait to see you again next week. Talk soon.